betting preview podcast from pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined with my partner in crime, Vegas Runner. This is segment one. We're going to be talking basketball, basketball, but, you know, we had to. There is a story that is just floating around the Internet, and it... It's got legs, let me tell you. This is a story with meat. And unless you've been living under a rock for the past four or five days, the story is LeBron James's mother and Delonte West, a teammate of LeBron James, have a thing, have an affair going on. And it is absolutely the buzz. And supposedly, this came out after Game 4. And as we all know, Game 5... The Cavaliers just laid an egg. LeBron had a Especially, horrible, yeah. had a horrible game. Um, to set the stage here, you know, nobody has said you know can collaborate that this is true or false. So we're just talking about speculation. But we'll give you the facts as they are. Uh, the gossip website TerezOwens.com is who broke this story. Now today, and we're taping on Tuesday. Uh, LeBron James's attorney has sent a formal letter to the uh, Therese Owen site, and they have ordered them to cease, cease the story. Cease the story that there is it's unfounded. There's no basis to the story, but. Being the numbers guys that we are, we did a little investigating of our own, and you know, remember game four was the game that supposedly LeBron James found out about this. VR, Delonte West, he's, you know, a major piece of the team, but Absolutely. he's not, you know, he's not the guy, obviously, LeBron no, James. No, but, but he, he's one of the, the main contributors. If you look at his playing throughout the season, he got his minutes. He's one of the key players there on the Cavs. And more importantly, from everything I hear, everyone says he's crazy. That this guy's way out there. So it, it appears that if there was any static, LeBron may have even been a little intimidated of this guy. I'm That's what I've been hearing. That Rodman, Dennis Rodman, actually said, this is, Delonte West is the craziest man I've ever met in my life. If this is coming from Rodman. From saying, Dennis Rodman. Saying, Delonte okay. West is by far the craziest ball player I've ever hung with. Okay, well, Vegas Runner pointed out something. We just went back before we taped, went through every game to you know substantiate what we're about to say. That the numbers really they add up they, to moms they, need love. <laughs> you know, you know, it was just Mother's Day, uh, you know, not too long ago. But game one, Delonte West played. 27 minutes. Game two, Delonte West played 31 minutes. Like he has all season. Game three, 29 minutes. Like he has all season. Game four, he played 20 minutes. Now, remember, game four, 
is when the story is supposed Started. to. This is where it was supposed to LeBron starting to come out. Of yeah, it, yeah. If this rumor is true, and again at this point it's just a rumor. VR. Let's go a little further. The coach may have even caught wind of it before LeBron, maybe trying to avoid problems. You know, game five. Let's move on. How many minutes did Delonte play? Nine minutes in game five. How many in game six? 13 minutes in game six. So in game five and six, the most important games of the series, five being the most important, they were tied 2-2. Six then becoming even more important because it's the closeout game. A guy who was averaging 30 minutes for you beforehand, you put him in for a total of 22 minutes over those two most important games of your whole season. Why? That is a good question. Inquiring minds want to know. And, you know, obviously LeBron's going to want to squelch this story, you know, sure. if it's true. He's going to get his lawyer, you know, and sure. intimidate, you know. All the money behind, you know, LeBron, you're, you don't want to go to war with him. Yeah. What, what I want to say, and I'm not one of them gossip followers, Hollywood guys, but from what I've seen, any big breaking story that TMZ puts out usually ends up having some substance to it. Like other small blogs, small sites, they'll catch wind and they like they say where there's smoke, there's fire. But TMZ usually likes to get some substantiating facts behind it before they're willing to release it. That's why there's such a huge site when it, you know, for gossip. Right. Which, let me know, TMZ is the site where the lawyer, you know, LeBron James's uh, lawyer statement came out, and they actually have the entire letter wow. on, hey. on TMZ. So TMZ is even kind of walking the line yeah, a little they, bit because they, they have they have the, what they're doing is they're saying the facts that we have out there. One, there's a rumor. Right. Two, LeBron's firing back. Right. And, and they won't step up and say this is what happened unless they can substantiate it. And I think right now that's what they're working on. You know, I, I mean, this is just beyond. You know, I mean, if this happened. First of all, we I can understand LeBron's mind being just totally screwed up yeah, in game five. Absolutely. But you know, at this point, you know, who do you look at? You know, who do you get mad at? I mean, your mom's your mom. Yeah. But what's your mom doing with like one your of your teammates. teammates? One of your teammates, and then. What's your teammate doing with your mom? With your mom, let alone the biggest name in the NBA. What you know? What are you doing? I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, I, you know, something happened, Marco. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, let's tell it like it is. Something definitely went on between LeBron James, Delonte West, the mom, and obviously the coach knew about it, or else. He wouldn't have had Delonte West play 22 total minutes in the two most important games of their season with his more or less job possibly on the line. So obviously the coach knew there was something wrong because why wouldn't you have Delonte in? You wouldn't have him in if he's not getting along with LeBron because that's one less player right, on the court. Gonna, yeah. that, that he's not going to want to pass. He's not going to want to cooperate with him like you said. Yeah. So you're playing four on five more or less. I, I can't help it, but I, I'm, I'm like movies are flying through yeah, my head. Yeah. I'm thinking of, of um, 
the American Pie, Stifler's Mom. <laughs> Stifler's Mom. And then I'm thinking back to the sports movie. It wasn't with a mom, but it was with a wife. Kerbin Bernstein, I believe his name, that played in uh, the movie uh, Major League, uh -huh. the third baseman yeah, yeah, from yeah, L.A. Yeah, Law, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and Charlie Sheen on the mound, and, you know, and they're celebrating at the end of the game, and, you know, and he, he, yeah, he just yeah, sucker yeah. punches him, picks him up, and then hugs him again. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, it, it, it's crazy stuff, guys. But, I mean, it makes sense. Something to, went down. Dude. Something happened. Definitely a major change in coaching strategy for Cleveland. And... <laughs> You know, what's this mean? Well, Cleveland's gone, so, you know, they're out of the playoffs. End of story there. What's this mean moving forward? You know, coaching Cleveland, I would start looking for another house. Resume, start yeah. writing one up. You know, hit, LeBron hit goes later this afternoon. <laughs> LeBron, you know, any shot that they had of uh, re-signing them, keeping them in Cleveland, this may be his ticket out, Marco. You know what I mean? Like, let me just leave this all behind me. I didn't win a championship. I need, I need a fresh There's start. There's all this drama. If anything, this might give him an excuse to say where the city forgives him. Not forgives yeah. him, but you know where it's understood why he's leaving. You know, and, and let's face it. The, I mean, Cleveland actually, you know, for the first time, turned on LeBron a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, because because of the performance in Game Five, and it looked like he quit. Yeah. You know, in the end of that game when they were getting drilled, and if this really came out, you know, bad stuff. But hey, you know, I, this you know, it's not a fun topic, but we know everybody's talking about it. So you know, we wanted to have a little segment on it, and you know, get our insight and do our little investigation. Behind the, so, the scenes. Let's see what happens. But this has been segment one of the Sports Betting Preview Show. Um, again, you can always download and listen to all of our podcasts at iTunes. Just search pregame.com. You'll get our entire library of podcasts. He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. Thanks for watching. We'll be back with segment two. This is segment two. We're going to take a look at Phoenix and the Lakers Western Conference Finals. Now we're taping on Tuesday, so Game One has been played. And what we're going to do is kind of set the stage for you of what we saw from Game One, what our takeaway is, and maybe what we can expect moving forward in the rest of this series. Vegas runner, uh, you know, last night the Lakers, you know, both teams came off long layoffs. You know, they both were four and zero sweeps. Um, the Western Conference Finals weren't starting until, you know, yesterday, Monday, so they sat for a long time. The Lakers come out and pretty much went pillar to post against Phoenix. Very fast-paced, up-tempo game. Defense was not there yesterday. At all, for either team. What was your takeaway from game one, and what do you, how did you see it? I'll tell you what I saw, and what do you think moving forward? The big difference, I thought, last night's game was I think the final score was a bit deceiving based on the fact Lakers were hitting shots, man. I mean, they couldn't miss. And I thought Phoenix was playing well, especially in the first half. Even though they went into the half, you know, behind, I thought they played well considering the Lakers weren't missing. I mean, when a team comes out and shoots lights out, there's only so much you could do. And if you could hang around long enough, eventually, you know, those percentages start to come back to normal. If you're going to, you know, you're a 45% field goal shooting team, you shoot 65% and a half, 
you know, the probabilities are in the second half, you're going to come out and shoot a lot worse. So I thought in the second half, Suns might have a shot. But Lakers just didn't get cold at all. And uh, the biggest difference that, that showed to me was that the size as far as second chance opportunities. I mean, Lakers are just so big inside. Uh, they had Suns had some success penetrating because Nash is so good with the basketball. If it was another point guard, Lakers would have annihilated them because they wouldn't have been able to get inside. But Nash will get you to ball inside. He'll get Stoudemire, you know, easy baskets underneath like he did. But the truth is, Marco, after seeing that game, Lakers are going to go to the NBA Finals. They're going to represent the West. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. Probability tells us there's about a history, that is. There's an 85% chance, 84 point something, that the Lakers will advance when the home team wins game one in the semis. Um, the adjusted series price is minus 540. To turn a profit lane minus 540, you have to win over 85% of your games. So, so the right odds makers got it right. There's no value on the Lakers right now in the adjusted price. There's no value on Phoenix either. But I really don't think Phoenix has any answers for the Lakers. They might make this a series, possibly take it six games. You know, because they'll they'll be tough at home. Phoenix is a good team, but I, I don't think they'll be able to beat this team four times. Okay. My take from last night is, and one, I did have the Lakers last night, so I, I cashed the game one. And my thinking behind it is really what I saw. And I felt all along, with both teams having the long layoff, that the layoff was going to be a huge advantage for the Lakers and a major disadvantage for Phoenix. And my thinking behind that was Phoenix was on a roll. The Lakers, although they swept Utah, they had a struggle in the series before that. Phoenix has played good straight through. Phoenix has only had two bad games. The first game in which Portland, yeah. Portland and I think they just went into that game. Right, right. They were totally overconfident because Portland just lost Brandon Roy and that whole deal. And then the, Day that the emotional game. Right. Um, I felt having the layoff broke the momentum for Phoenix. That's one. The Lakers, you know, they had some nagging injuries. Let's face it. Kobe's been banged up most of the year. I mean, there's, what body part has any heart this yeah, year? Yeah, and the rest, you saw what it did to him yesterday. And right. even Odom, who's older now, you saw he had a spring in his step. Yeah, I agree with Odom you. Odom had a monster first half you. in the game. You touched upon it. The first half, the Lakers shot over 60% from the floor in the first half last night. And yet... Phoenix was only down seven at the half. Right. Um, the continuity, the, the turnovers that Phoenix had, again, that goes to having your momentum broke from the layoff and the fact that whenever you're not shooting the percentage that the Lakers are shooting and you're playing a team that has tremendous size advantage on you, you're not going to get rebounds. And, and the thing is, with the Lakers hitting those shots, Phoenix wasn't able to play their transition-style game because you have to take the ball in from out of bounds. Right. It gives the Lakers a chance to get back on defense, set up on defense, where Phoenix's strength is quick rebound, throw it out the half court, get it underneath as quick as you can. And, and I like that you say that because the second thing I'm going to say, and people listening to this are going to look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, I believe this firmly. Even though the Lakers won easily last night in a running game, the Lakers 
can they do not want to run against no. this team. No. Do they do not want to run? If right. they play that style right. seven games, Phoenix will make a series of this. Of it. You're I, right. I guarantee it. You know what? You're so right, man. I, I'm glad you said that because I actually said that to myself when I watched the first two minutes of the game. And Phoenix ran right out of the gate. I mean, Nash was running up and down like crazy trying to get it underneath. And you saw the Lakers, when they had a chance to slow it down, they took every opportunity to do that. Like, you could tell they were trying to even fight against themselves because they enjoy running as well, I think. But I I think Phil Jackson was trying to get it in their heads that, yeah, maybe we can beat this team running and enjoying ourselves, but why not make it easy on ourselves and make them uncomfortable? And I think moving forward, you're going to end up getting some value in some of these games where the Lakers are going to put it on lockdown. You're going to get the triangle come into play and slow this game down. There's going to be value on the unders. Trust me. And the Lakers do not want to run with this team. And you said it. If they didn't hit the high percentage yeah. of shots that they hit, and you know, Phoenix miss, you take Phoenix, you know, a couple percentage points up, and you take you know, Lakers a couple down. Yeah, they they gave up 35 points to the Lakers in the first quarter. You're not going to do that and win, right? And, and that's you know, and you get a you get that home crowd, you know, juiced. I mean, let's face it, nobody likes to watch. The you know the game in the eighties yeah, yeah yeah okay they want to see up. yeah <laughs> they <laughs> they want to see the running guy yeah. and when the Lakers came out and took that lead I mean the Staples Center was electric yeah yeah no question about it but trust me I've been doing this too long yeah you're not going to get a hundred two hundred and forty points scored in every game and I you're, you're you. going to see the line. Be, be over-adjusted, adjusted. and there's going to be value there. And coaches are going to make their so, adjustments. You're right. Those are our tips for you moving forward in this series. Again, we're taping on Tuesday, so only game one's in the in the books. So moving forward, I think we both agree, you know, the Lakers will move on to the NBA Finals, but I don't think this is going to be a, you know, a four-sweep, no. no way. They'll make a series of this, and I think there's going to be tremendous value moving forward in some of the unders. I agree. Hey, that's going to wrap up uh, segment two. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment three, and we're going to take a look at Orlando-Boston, the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined by Vegas Runner. It is Tuesday, so game two of the Eastern Conference Finals is being played tonight. What we're going to do is talk about Game 1 and how we see this series moving forward from tonight and into the future. Uh, Boston went into Orlando. Game 1. And really, and i got to admit, me included, uh, I didn't think Boston would be mentally ready to play Sunday coming off of Dispatch, you know, the Cleveland series, nobody expected Boston. You know, I think there's people that thought Boston would could win that series, but I don't think they thought they could beat Cleveland in the fashion that, that they, they did. did. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I'll be honest with you. I backed Boston in game one. The reason I wasn't that worried, to be honest with you, about them just having played that game six was because the way they won game five and six. 
Like they didn't kill themselves. It didn't come down to a last second, you know, desperation shot. And right. then game five to get it to game six. You know, it was like Cleveland quit. So it, they didn't have to exert as much as, as, as an Eastern Conference game six would. You know, so that's why I wasn't that all that worried. They didn't seem that beat up to me. And Orlando was off for a little while, so they might be a little rusty, I was thinking. Now going forward, I think we're going to have a nice series between these two. I'll be honest with you, Marco. It's no secret. I gave out my Morning Moves newsletter yesterday, and it was all about breaking down this series after Boston went up one nothing, and how I believe there was value on the adjusted price. I like Boston to win this series now. I think you win game one on the road. Chances are, at least probability historically tells us, they have a very good shot of winning this series. And, I, I mean, Garnett didn't even go off. He, he, he's he been doing so well offensively lately, and he did absolutely nothing in Game 1. It was all Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, and yet they beat Orlando. So I think they're going to pose some problems, man. Now, we talked about in an earlier segment, the Lakers in uh, Phoenix, about, you know, the layoff, you know, how it would affect the two teams. Now, in that series, both teams had the long layoff. Sure. Obviously, in this series... We didn't have that. You had Orlando with the long layoff, but Boston had to turn around after you know beating Cleveland on Thursday and start this series on Sunday. Do you think that Orlando sitting around that it ended up breaking their momentum? You know, the they were as dominant as a team could possibly be in the Atlanta series. I don't think, I, I, of course it's going to break your rhythm up a little bit, but I don't believe that was as much of a problem as I think they started believing their own press. One of the things you've taught me to pay attention more to since you know we started working together, that teams all of a sudden sit around and start reading their own press clippings. Of how good they are, and they start believing and they're even better than they are, and they don't think they have to give 110% every day. But when every athlete on the floor is elite, you have to bring 100% in your A game or you're not going to win. And I think Orlando saw that. You know, Boston's loaded with talent, and even though everyone's telling them they're the best team left out of the four, they don't, they're just not going to show up and win, not against an experienced team like Boston. So I think it was more that than the momentum. Although it might have something to do with it because it's true. The last four teams that swept the first two series actually lost their Game. next series because of the fact that they started believing they were that yeah. good. Well, obviously, and we're talking again on Tuesday, we don't know the outcome. It's a must-win for Orlando. I agree. And Vegas is going to make you pay a price for that. You know, the number's going to be higher. You know, it was 6.5 in Game 1. They're laying 7.5 in Game 2. You know, Vegas knows where the public's going to come sure. with their money uh, because it is the must-win. Let's move beyond. Let, you know, and Orlando can even the series and not cover. So, you know, that's yeah, definitely... Yeah, they could win the game yes. straight up. You're right. right. Moving forward, let's say they they do get the win and go back to Boston at 1-1. You know, now, you know, it's still anybody's series, but now it's just home court has flip-flopped. And, you know, you still have the scenario like we had in the first four games of the Boston-Cleveland, 
you know, they split on each each other's home floor. Right. Uh, you know, this Orlando team, do you think that that first game can act as a, you know, the wake-up call? And, you know, they realize, hey, you know, we are... It, yeah, in it, a battle, I, I think so because I, I didn't. I don't jump on and off bandwagons quickly. And before this series started, I actually wrote another morning move about the fact that I thought Orlando is the best of the four remaining teams, and I would make them favored over anyone left on a neutral court. That don't mean they're going to win the NBA Finals, just because you you know my power ratings say that. Um, with that said, though, yeah, I think they're good enough that this could be a wake-up call and you awoken a sleeping giant. With that said, the reason I was willing to take a a bet on Boston to win this series is because I don't think this is going to be an easy series. Mm -hmm. And by being able to get plus money on a team that's already up 1-0, I figured along the way I'll find opportunities to earn if it goes, you know, five, six, seven, eight, three, right. seven games. So, yeah, I, I think Orlando has the capability to come back and win this series. Absolutely. They are still the best of the f- four teams. I'm not going to change my opinion on that. I think psychologically for the Orlando Magic, not only was it a detriment to sit and wait, I think mentally when Cleveland got eliminated, yeah, it's like, woo! They handed, they handed yeah. you the keys to yeah. the car to yeah. drive to the NBA final. Yeah. Now we got the old. We're playing the old team who didn't do much of that much in the regular season. I mean, come on, let's sell it like it is. Right. The Celtics are pretty much undervalued. You know, Orlando had trouble with Cleveland all year. Exactly, they didn't want to meet them. They, you know, they, they didn't want to have to go through Cleveland to get back to the NBA, which is finals. what they thought they would have to do. And when that's gone, you know, it, it's another thing that I talk about in handicapping that you know, emotion. And I know that when me and RJ discuss this, you know, we see, see totally different on us where people don't bring. A hundred percent focus all the time, you know. And RJ's yeah, you stance is that no, I this just, is the playoffs. You have to be. No, focused. I agree no. with you because sometimes you have that that false sense that, of security, of, of, of extra confidence that really isn't there, you Absolutely. know. And, and I think that happens. Just like let's just hypothetically say Phoenix beats the Lakers. If Orlando advances once again, you don't think they're going to exhale and say yes? Yeah, they don't have to face face the, the Lakers again. It's almost the same concept of when we talk about the injured player theory where you step up your game because my star is out right and on the flip side when he the, comes oppo- back, the opponent thinks that he's re- gone exactly got, and when got an when, easy Cle- night. when cleveland got eliminated it was like the star players Woo! over the line yeah 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 so i agree man you know i think that game two you know again we're taping on tuesday so game two is going to be a major <sighs> indicator of what's going to happen the rest of this series Orlando, if they show up tonight, make a statement, play their game, even this series 1-1, go back to Boston, then this is going to be a series that I think will definitely go minimum six. I agree. Most likely seven. But we'll, we'll see what happens. If Boston just continues, and sometimes it happens, a team just gets peaks at the right time yeah. and just goes on the roll, you know, that they can, you know, it's if like they a hot win shooter. tonight, 
there's going to be uh, this game, this series ain't going six or seven. No, no. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, so there you have our take on the uh, Boston Orlando series. I uh, got a coupon for you quickly. Use and we had if you saw our this week in Vegas. Uh, video podcast. We had a special guest this week. It was one of our forum members, Pool. And in honor of Pool's appearance, we're going to use the coupon Pool, P-O-O-L. Like the swimming. And the number 10. Just put Pool 10. You get $10 off anything at pregame. Just put it in the shopping cart in the coupon code. And if it's $10 VR? On the house, baby. On the house. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. Welcome to This Week in Vegas, A Better's View. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, and I'm joined, as I always am, with my partner in crime, Vegas Runner. But this week, folks, we've got a special guest for you. His name, you might know him as Paul. He's one of our forum posters here at pregame.com, a great contributor to our forums. And uh, Paul, uh, your real name's Ron. We, we won't give your last name out, but, uh, you know, you're here in Vegas. This is, you know, and we invited you one to come over and see uh, the offices, meet RJ, Vegas Runner, and myself. And I said, you know what? If you're going to come over, we're going to put you to work. And uh, we said we'll have you on for this week in Vegas, and uh, we're happy that uh, you decided to come over. And uh, how's uh, life with pool? Well, it's very good. Uh, I'm retired, so uh, all I do is bet sports, play golf, and besides do the housework. Dude, you're my idol. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so life is good right now. Well, that's good. And, uh, you know, Poole is uh, 61 years young. Uh, you'd never tell the way he pounds the forms there. He's in there, and he's a great contributor, as I've said. Uh, Vegas Runner told me a story about Poole that uh, actually, you know, you're a little bit of a legend around. Uh... He, he really is, man. No lie. And that's why I was excited about meeting him and, and doing this podcast with him. And I can't wait to have my buddies in Philly watch this because I'll try to make this as quickly as possible for march madness a bunch of guys come in every year for the opening four days okay so there we are at mandalay bay and we're just talking about you know different handicappers sports bettors sharps wise guys make a long story short a friend of mine who always comes in and checks the pregame forum says to me, hey, man, I saw that you guys got pool over there posting. I said, yeah, you know him? And he said, not personally, man, but we were steaming his plays. I said, what are you talking about? He said, for a while, we were waiting for him to post an Ohio Valley game. And as soon as he did, we would send it out as a buy order and steam it throughout Philly. And I was asking, Paul, did you notice most of your games would end up moving a point and a half or two points? And it's because these guys were steaming them. And the reason's simple. He has a long-term winning record, especially in that conference. And these guys see it. And if they see a guy that could hit even over 55% and do it year after year, that's an asset to him. That's a source they're going to follow. A handicapper, they're going to follow. So there's these guys, and I couldn't believe it. They're saying he's the man, dude. They're going nuts <laughs> saying how much they cleaned up when this guy gave out an Ohio Valley game. Well, it shows how small the world really yeah, is. Absolutely. you know. With the Internet, everybody, you know, one guy can become a legend in a sure, particular area. Sure. And this is going to set up a little bit of a segue. We're going to have a two-part uh, 
session this week on This Week in Vegas. And in the second part, we're actually going to talk about specializing in handicapping a particular conference. Sure, sure. And we'll detail your expertise there. But um, let's get to know you, Ron. What, um, what brings you to Vegas this week? Just a little vacation or uh, some interest here in town? Uh, no, my wife and I are really just on vacation. And I wanted to come out here and uh, meet you and RJ and VR and uh, see how the offices were. And uh, a bunch of my friends this time of the year, I used to come out in my younger days when I was still playing pool. There's a big pool tournament going on, and I'd come out here every year playing that. So I asked my wife, who loves sports also, everybody <laughs> needs a wife like that. Lucky you. And uh, she, she said, fine, we'll just go out there. So during, you, during the pool tournament, you used to come out here for that tournament to, to play in the tournament or to play yeah. in the side games. No, to play in the tournament. Awesome, to play in the tournament. Great stuff. Well, now the mystery solved on your your the name. name. The yeah, name. I, I didn't know that you were a avid pool shooter. Used to be nine ball or eight ball. Primarily eight ball. All right. I don't straight pool. Good enough. Any straight pool. The only straight pool I ever played was when I went in the Army from uh, in 1972. I got a fifth All-Army in Europe because that's the only tournament they had over yeah. there. Yeah, well, so most say I, that's, I the, that's the most pure yeah, game it, of pool. It is a good game, but it's not fast As exciting, exactly. for Americans. Exactly. Americans like things fast. That's why we don't watch so soccer. We play another game. That's exactly. why we don't watch soccer. You're exactly. absolutely right. So uh, you've been how long you been betting sports? Oh God, <laughs> sixty one years. <laughs> no, uh, let's see. When I was in the army, I was twenty one. I was a bookie. Oh, I probably started in my late teens. That seems. So it's, it's, and that seems that so did you, you started off betting and then decided why not start booking? Correct. Yeah, and I was really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> when we were overseas, uh, me and two other guys decided to start booking because we didn't have a book there, sure. so so we couldn't bet. So we'll just start a book. We made up our own lines. <laughs> How sharp were you? <laughs> really, we were pretty good. We uh, all we all we took were parlays. <laughs> we, we, no, it gets better than that. We didn't know how good we had it. And the minimum we had take is a three-team parley, and all ties lost. Wow. <laughs> well, I, needless to say, I you did, did pretty well. I would have joined the Army if I knew that's how it works. We did pretty good. We would have a couple strikes by now. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, as we said, you, you've been a known poster around. You know, there's a lot of forum sites and that. Um, but how you came to pregame, uh, you said that you uh, used to go to the site uh, Let It Ride that was uh, John, days, yeah. Johnny Detroit's original right. site, which ended up merging with, uh, you know, that's how Johnny Detroit and RJ, be you know, became partners. And uh, Let It Ride forum became the pregame forums. And, you know, you came over here. And as most people do, you probably lurked around a little bit, checked things out. And what, what made you, what got you to say, hey, I like pregame? I'll post here. Well, really, I was with another small site that uh, the backers just didn't have the money to keep it going. And I'd been around for eight or nine years posting and lurking on sites. And I'd lurked it, uh, like you said, let it ride for several years. And the other sites, I just got found too many things 
like I don't like the bashing that goes on. Correct. I, I, I'm too old for that. You know, that's for kids. And uh, I started watching pregame, and the first thing I look for in uh, paid players is their honesty. If they're honest, I don't care if they win or lose. At least I, I can respect them for being honest. And I never caught pregame pros trying to put anything over on them. But sure, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, we're all human. And when you you bet every day, you're going to make a mistake with units or a record long term, somewhere along the line. Fortunately, though, at pregame, there's guys like yourself and and so many other posters that will let us know, you know, and not trying to attack us. Instead, to let us know we made a mistake. Right. So I I enjoyed, you know, the pros there. And then I thought, well, I'll start posting here because some of the other sites I got kind of fed up with. And then I noticed, man, they got a lot of good posters here, too. Yeah, yeah, our forum members are awesome. And and I just really... uh, Really enjoy being a pregame. You got a huge following quickly there when you well, post. I mean, you had already a name. You already had an yeah. established name, I think. But I mean, I always check his threads. I'm when, not when, you lie. Po- when you post winners, that, you yeah, know, I'm not going to give you that ability. See, I see that Southeast Missouri, that little that symbol. <laughs> I know he's got to play. Well, as you know, it doesn't always go that way, though. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you win more you win, than you, you lose, you lose and that's what it's all about. And you know, I'm going to wrap up. I'll take the lead here, wrapping up this first segment. We are going to have a second segment, and we're going to talk about you know specializing sure. in a particular conference. But I just wanted to take a minute, you know. To thank Pool for stopping by, and you know, to tell our forum members that I mean, this is what pregame's all about. We are a family here, Community, you know. Baby. When when people come to town, we try. I know Vegas Runner, myself, RJ. You know, we try. I mean, we've got hectic schedules and we do have personal lives, but when we can fit it around and we can, you know, get to meet our people that come to town, uh, we like to do it. You know, and Ron, we thank you for coming to town and you know stopping by the offices and you know participating today and it really is a family affair we're all working for the same cause yeah we're a business you know like anybody else i mean we got to pay the lights like every other nowhere to post (laughs) but uh, we are a community that we give so much back for free you know and we are a pay site but there's more information here for free than you know good information good information and uh we appreciate you ron we'll be back with the second segment I'm Marco D'Angelo, along with Vegas Runner and our special guest this week, Paul. We'll be back with segment two. Thanks for watching. Welcome back to This Week in Vegas. I'm Marco D'Angelo, along with my co-host, Vegas Runner. And this week, we are joined by a special guest, Pool. He's one of our forum members. This is segment two, and we're going to talk about specializing in a particular conference with your handicapping. Now, the pregame forums, it's a hub of information. I mean, we've got people from all over the country, and it's just natural that where you're at and what's in front of you you're going to know more about that if you're, you know, myself, you know, my background was from Pittsburgh. I lived 46 years in Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh sports, to me, I believe better than anybody. And I use that knowledge to my advantage. So do I. I always call you. I want to bet a Pittsburgh game. It's true. But we've got forum members scattered through all 
throughout the country, and we've got some very good handicappers and guys that know a particular area, region, or conference. And Paul, you're one of those guys. Yeah. And you know, as we talked in the first segment, you know, you're People a little bit taking of, notice. You're a little bit of a legend with you know the Ohio <laughs> Valley Conference. And you know, tell us, you know, what it is about that conference. You know, why you're you're honed in on that conference. And you know, VR and myself will talk about you know what to look at as a handicapper, what we do in particular conferences with that knowledge well what got me started in it is uh, our local hometown college southeast missouri state plays in that conference and my favorite of all sports is ncaa basketball and uh, i really get into basketball so naturally i want to find out as much as i can about the conference that my favorite team is in I attend a lot of the practices. You know, I talk to the players, the coaches. Do you really? And I just, yeah, I just, I really love college basketball. Dude, not to interrupt, that's information that very few people you will have access to. I mean, to say that here's a guy who goes and, and is able to scout practices, watch practices, or even speak to someone that's closer, that's information that's extremely valuable. You know, and one of the things that, a lot of people, the mistake people make, and this is not something that you do, is that when, you know, you don't want to become a homer. Sure. Okay? And that you only like, you know, you're only betting your team. Well, if you're if you're only making bets on your team, but you know you're, you're spot betting in the right situations and you're winning, That's yeah, fine. you can be a homer all you want, but you've got to have you know you got to have open eyes. You know you, you can't be looking through your team with rose-colored glasses. And you know, and honestly, you know, I know myself. I go against Pittsburgh as much as I go, you know, with them because there are situations you know that chemistry. You know, you know those bigger games. You know, some people. You know, you know, everybody knows that Michigan and Ohio State's the biggest rivalry, you know, college football. But these smaller conferences and schools, not everybody knows, you know, the the rivalries that you have. You know, Akron and Kent, you know, in the MAC and different things. And teams respond differently coming off a win and coming off a loss and those type of, you know, big games. And knowing your conference, knowing your teams, knowing the chemistry, know how the team is feeling at that time, you know, if they're on an emotional high-low. Those are things that just, to me, are good things to look at when you're handicapping. I agree 100%. And to take it a step further, from my experience as being an ex-runner and betting for betting syndicates, they... Although they bet every sport and every conference, the information would come from handicappers who would get information from guys like Poole, who were specializing in certain conferences because they believed that this guy actually does have the potential to know something that hasn't been added to the number yet. Because the odds maker, believe it or not, isn't going to know as much about Southeast Missouri State as Poole does. You put them in the same room, and he's not going to be able to tell anything to Poole that Poole doesn't know. He's strictly going to go off his power ratings, where Poole could pick up something that this guy didn't look good in practice, this guy was coughing. You know, some things that you're not going to know unless you're really close to that organization or following that particular conference. And, and actually, the smaller the conference, the the bigger the advantage sure. the local has over 
you know, Vegas because Vegas right. can't follow all of those teams. So, you know, a guy like you, you know, you, you follow that and you, you're going to make money. There, yeah, there's no because question. The, because the Southeast Missouri State game isn't going to get as much volume or action as the Duke game. So me as an odds maker, right. how much time am I going to put into putting out a correct number for Southeast Missouri State as I am for putting out a sharp number for Duke against North Carolina that's going to bring in 80% of my book for that night. You know, so that's where you have the advantages with guys that specialize, like you said, especially in the smaller conferences. Let me bring up one other point, too. Like the one thing, Ohio Valley, they play in one double A football or whatever they call right, that right. new one. The new, the, yeah, that yeah. not BCS, the other conference. Yeah, whatever it is. But I know Five Dimes puts out lines on those games. And I don't know uh, how many other sports books do, but you can really find some bargains in there. Absolutely. In, in, in football. In See, that, that's what it's, that's what sports betting is about, finding an edge. And, and I think that's what I always try to talk about when, when I say, what are you betting for? Why do you bet? Do you bet for entertainment? God bless you. Enjoy it. Entertainment costs money. So when you lose a little bit, don't be pissed off. But if you bet to make a profit, then who cares what you're betting on? You're just looking for an edge. And if it's double-A NCAA football or it's the Super Bowl, who cares? And that's why I love guys like him, man, that, that specialize in those small things and could find huge edges. My mom used to tease my dad and said, you'd bet two ants running across the picnic table. And my dad said, if I had an edge, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> if I knew one hadn't eaten in <laughs> But, uh, it, you know, it's good. And, and we stress it so much. Knowledge is power. You never can have you know too much knowledge. And the thing about our forums is, even if you're you know everybody's got their own handicapping style, but when you can add something you know you read somebody else's write up. You know if Paul goes in and says I like so and so, you know and he and he gives you a paragraph of why he likes it. If you can just pull something out of there, you know if, no pun intended with the pull out of no, there. You, you know it, it helps your arsenal, and you know and then you add it to your own style of handicapping, and it it might make the play even stronger. For I, you. I agree one hundred percent. I've I ha- since I've saw like how much uh, a poster like Steve B knows. About the Pac-10, you know, Oregon State. Opie on the yeah, Big, Big East. East. Honestly, if I have a position I want to take in that game, in that, I always make sure to look because I trust that he knows more about this matchup than the information I've been able to gather up to that point. And it's just foolish not to look at it. And that's where I think being able to take advantage of, of a forum is so huge for all betters, man. I mean, it's stupid not to. You know, again, we want to stress it, and we can't stress it enough. Pregame.com, we're here to get people ready to bet. The information we have at pregame is priceless. And, and, you know, yeah, we sell picks. You know, I said it in the first segment. But there is so much value at pregame and information that you can get for free that just, again, it's priceless information. You can't get this stuff anywhere else. And having all of these people, I mean, back in the day, and, and I'll go back to, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. There were only a handful of publications, and there wasn't the Internet, okay? You bought the gold sheet. Sure. 
Okay, you 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 ripped up your gold sheet, you opened it up, you had it on your desk, you looked at power ratings, you looked at different things, and you had that little, that one section that was called the special ticker. And, you know, the gold sheet had contacts across the country, but you were getting information yeah. that was, you know, on Sunday night for Saturday. You know, what, what, they, yeah. what they heard, you know, from their, you know, Missouri Valley Conference or Southeastern Conference, wherever. With the internet and with forums like we have, up to the minute, baby, you get everything up to the minute, and that's the great part of it. And Paul, I want to thank you again, Ron. It has been a pleasure you coming on air with us. You know, Vegas runner, myself and RJ. You know, we were static whenever you told us you were coming, and you want, you know, you wanted to meet us. We love to meet our guys. Thanks for participating. Thanks for all of your work in the forums. Continue to do so, and uh, I think your credibility is going to go up, and you're gonna, you'll have some boasting because you are history in the making the first yeah. pregame forum member to be you know sit in on a podcast with us so you know kudos to you for that well i couldn't turn that down rj said you were buying my lunch oh there you go <laughs> I, I believe rj on that one hey this has been this week in vegas i'm marco d'angelo vegas runner special guest pool we'll talk to you next week